Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. Hello, everybody. I'm excited. Today we have Amy Lawrence and Amy owns Journey Juice. So she lives in Athens where I live. So I have access to her wonderful juices and she's agreed to tell us about her journey. And I know you used to be a teacher, right, Amy? Yes. I tell people I went from education to vegication. <laughs> when you, okay, I want to hear all about it, but I do have a question I just thought of. When you were a teacher, were you a super healthy eater or did you eat mostly like the school lunches? Oh, no. I have been a super healthy eater literally since I was old enough to under count calories, do calories. It's, it was kind of, my mom was a very um, health conscious person. So, yeah. I, I think that was a great thing, but it also became something that was very obsessive to, as a young person, I didn't actually have an eating disorder, but mm -hmm. I had very disordered eating. Yes. And so yes, as a teacher, I was that girl that was eating the, the raw vegetables with the cottage cheese and the avocado and never embracing the school lunch. Yes. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. sort of, sort of, it was a little, but that's how, but but because of that, it's how I kind of got to where I was and, and it all kind of changed things. So yes, yeah. no, school lunches. And I think the other thing too, with school lunches, wa watching my children eat, uh -huh. I was like, there is nothing healthy on this plate. And, I know. And so under the, sometimes in my really angry children or fussy, I would just give them a sip of my green juice and man, once they had a good bowel movement. <laughs> Oh, the things we could accomplish that day. And I'm like, okay, this is like human beings in general, you know? Yeah. Human fuel. Human fuel. Exactly. exactly. That's funny how our, um, our upbringing will pave the path to our interests and our things that we're passionate about. Like my mom did Jane Fonda. I can remember the audio cassette and, um, yeah, she was very food conscious. Um, more, more the unhealthy way though, counting calories and just being kind of, you know, weighing herself two or three times a day. Sorry, mom, I'm outing you. So, so very <laughs> much so mine. Like, I mean, like exercise was a big thing, but so literally like I can remember being in the eighth grade and literally, I mean, my schedule was had, I was, I, it was, we scheduled the ex, I personally scheduled the exercise. Like it in eighth grade, eighth grade. Oh my like, gosh. I mean, obsessive. Yes. And I'm like you love you, mom. However, yeah. However, you know, so yeah. It's funny. It is so wild. when you, okay. So you went to school to become a teacher. Yes. So I grew up in, um, in rural Mississippi, okay. town of 6,000 people. 
I went to private school with the same people from kindergarten, literally through the 12th grade. (laughs) I went to Ole Miss, which love you Ole Miss, but that's not the most conducive place to go when you have disordered eating. Yeah. Um, and then moved to, as it was in Oxford for almost 10 years, moved to, and was in the, and taught in, in Batesville, um, after I got my master's in education and then actually got into fine dining and, and started doing, that's how I got into the whole service industry, oh. learning the restaurant thing, doing things like that. I was teaching school and doing that too. And then ended up moving to Savannah, like on a whim. Amy, did you do the fine dining like as a, just to make extra money or did you love the foodie part of it? Okay. So initially just to make money, but then like totally love the whole customer service, waiting on people, just the connecting with people, just, just like that experience and just learning so much about like how a kitchen works and how, how the front of the house makes with the back of the house. And then just learning like food sourcing, because the guy that I worked for was like the Hugh, he was, he owned city grocery in Oxford and he's like the Hugh Atchison of five and 10 in Oxford. Okay. But I, not at the time, he was just kind of coming about at that time. And so, um, just how everything works itself out, you know, my family grew up in Mississippi and everybody still lives there. Nobody moves, nobody leaves. Yeah. Like, that's what you do. So Amy, started dating this guy that was at city grocery and thought he was real cute. And he was moving to Savannah and I'm like, I'm going to move to Savannah too. And they're like, what? And Amy never broke the rules ever, (laughs) ever, ever. What do you think it was? Do you think you were just blinded by love? No, I think I was like, just trying to, I think I was so tired of doing everything right and following all the rules. It was was my one way to rebel. It was like a rebellious thing. And then I get there and of course I land in Savannah and I'm like, I don't even like him, but <laughs> I got into the bar business slinging whiskey and thought I had died and gone to heaven. Really? So, Cause there's no food in there. There's no food in there. Exactly. But also I loved just people and the people. And I, I mean, that was a whole education in itself. Yeah. And most of the people that I worked with, none of them have been to college, but I learned more in those three years of working there about humans yeah about how we all have so much in common even no matter what our demographics mm-hmm. you I, I learned so much about just men and women like things that I had grown up in a bubble all my life and not that Savannah was like you know a big ocean it yeah was a bubble but it was a bubble that as a girl who came from um being in private school all her life going to Ole Miss mm-hmm. and then this is where I went. It was great. And the good news is that's where I met my husband too. So it all worked out. <laughs> so how old were you when you moved to Savannah? Okay. So I was probably 26. And you were, you already had your teaching degree. Oh, honey, I had a master's in education. But once I tell you this, once I worked one week slinging whiskey, I had made my whole month's salary. Oh in that my one gosh. Week. And I remember my dad telling me, he was like, you got until 30 sister. And if you don't get it together <laughs> by 30, you are paying me back for that edu- that whole education I just spent money on because yeah yeah. I mean but I'm like 30 I'm 26 that's so far away (laughs) so even then you were kind of charting your own path it sounds like I mean it yes and I didn't really realize I didn't realize how much confidence I was I've always been really hard on myself and very second guess like and you know like it's like the 
shame. Shame is a big thing too. Like I'd make a decision and then I'd think rehash, rehash. Like, did I do the right thing? Oh, I don't know. And I never wanted to disappoint anybody. I know. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. And so saying no was always a big issue. So, but I don't know. And so I feel like one thing working in the service industry, it, it empowered me to be a little bit more bold, more bold and more, no, these are the rules. These are my parameters. These are my boundaries. And so I feel like if I'd never had that experience, I might've mm-hmm. continued this, this, because growing up in Mississippi where I, I was a big people pleaser, whatever yes. I, did, I did a lot of things to make other people happy. I didn't do a lot of things for me. I was doing what I thought was necessary as a female to just keep the peace, yep. make you happy, all those things. So I really do thank the service industry and the bar business for growing up in that. And I promise you, I, if I hadn't met my husband, I might still be, because I thought it was the funnest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And when I told my husband when I was 40 that I was not going to teach school anymore and I had no idea what I was going to do, that I might just go sling whiskey again. He's like, okay, well, you do whatever you think you need to do. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not sure what our children will feel like that. I'm like, but I got to do something different. I know. Okay. So back to you were bartending yeah. and I, I loved how that helped you learn learn about boundaries because oh. I feel like so many of us wake up in our late thirties, early forties. And we're like, I, I didn't really want this or right. my right. mind changed like 10 years ago. And I didn't know how to disappoint the people that I work with. Or the, if you're teaching like the students, what will they do? They're counting exactly. on me. And exactly. Well, and for me too, as much as I L O V E loved teaching school, I feel like I learned so much from children at the the age of eight that I take a lot. I take that spirit with me in everything that I do is the spirit of an eight-year-old. They live Uh in the present moment. They are not sweating yesterday. They are not sweating tomorrow. They are showing up. They are a big fat yes. And they are very enthusiastic. And that right there fuels my whole life. However, I felt like I became a teacher a lot of times too, because that is what I was supposed to do. Uh That was like the thing to do is a great way to like raise your children. You're on their schedule. You are working, but you have some time off to be a mom and be a wife. And it was a lot of what I didn't know that at the time, but looking back, I'm like, wow, I'm not really sure I made any decisions that I made based on what I truly wanted. I, I don't even think I was even acknowledging that. Yeah. And, um, and bartending, I mean, when I tell you that my family told people I was in sales, <laughs> they were not telling anybody what I was doing. That's right. Because every quote unquote, everybody knows that Amy got her master's in exactly. teaching. And- exactly. And all Amy's friends are married and having babies. And here she is at 26, just slinging whiskey. And what is she in single? What is she doing? But yeah, it was a real thing. It was a yeah. real thing. And so I feel like if I've done anything, I as a mother, it's like there you are you like I'm trying not to put my expectations on my child, which I yes. think I've done a really good job. And so, yeah, that guilt of like, exactly. you, 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 you made your bed, you're going to lie in it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, but how did I get in the juice business is my, so as a young person, and the other thing, and this all ties into what you're ta- what we're talking about is the expectation um, of what I should look like, what things are doing mm-hmm. and the anxiety that comes with that. I mean, literally, I remember being in the third grade and having my first heart attack, which looking back <laughs> was probably a panic attack. Oh, like, just being like what the, and 
and so all through high school, you know, what I should be doing, what I, um, making my mom and dad happy, taking uh-huh. care of all the, all, just all the expectation that I don't feel like anyone else put on me, but I put it yeah. on myself. Were you the and firstborn? Oh yeah. Honey came out triple A. There is no double mm-hmm. A in my whatsoever. Yes. Whatsoever. So growing up like that, and then the expectation that I had to be the best at everything that I did, like making a 93 on a test where I basically should have failed in my eyes because that wasn't a 100. Uh-huh. Even if that was still an A, it's not a one. I mean, my husband till today will be like, no one knows you made a 99. You're fine. And I'm like, you're <laughs> right. You're right. It's so fine. It seems like that would be so hard for a perfectionist to get involved as to become an entrepreneur where you fail a lot in the beginning. It was so, you're so right. But honestly, it's been the best thing that ever happened to me because I, I've learned to fail and know that I'm not a failure, mm-hmm. that I'm okay. And that the, the, the success comes from getting up and trying again. Yeah. That's where the success comes. And for so long, I spent the first 40 years of my life being so afraid to fail and being so obsessed with the outcome and what I made in the end mm-hmm. that I missed the meat of it, which to me is the present moment, which is the journey, hence the whole journey. <laughs> um, so it was crazy. And, and I promise like, so I have, I believe truly that so much of my young life, my anxiety, my obsession with food, calorie counting, yeah. exercise, as much as I wish that I had gone down a different path, if I hadn't, I wouldn't have landed where I am right now. I yeah. would um, because I was obsessed mm-hmm. with calories, with food. I was doing it all just right too. Like I was eating low fat. I was eating um, low carb, no fat really. But how did you feel <laughs> physically? Okay, so this is what my parents used to say. Yeah. You're obsessed with your bowel movements. My nickname was Dilemma because <laughs> I would go from literally to like, couldn't use the bathroom, couldn't poop for weeks to the point that couldn't leave the house. Oh because no. My, my stomach was a mess, but I think between anxiety and diet, yeah, because you have more neurons in your gut than anything else. You do. You have a nervous, exactly. Nervous system in your gut. gut Yes. And so I was doing it all right, but honey, I was on more anxiety med than any 20 year old needs to be on by the time I was in my twenties. But you have to understand my mom was very much in the healthcare. And this was a time when like, not that pharmaceuticals, but you just, you took a pill. Like, you just fix things. You just make, you just did it. You know, yeah. God forbid, don't drink any alcohol, but it's fine if you take 14 pharmaceuticals. I it's know. Fine. You know, I, when I first started out, I'm a PA. When I first started out, I remember thinking that patients would leave unhappy if I didn't give them something. So even if it was a virus, I would give them a cough suppressant. I would give right. them a something for their runny nose. And right. I just, now it's total opposite. I'm like, you don't need anything. Same, same. And it's so growing up. So literally like, okay, okay so whatever. I'm in my twenties in my like, and bartending, I'll tell you this. I, I didn't exercise nearly as much because I was working all the time and yeah. I was moving. So, but also that the group of people that I hung around was not into their image. It wasn't oh. into what you looked like honey, they would wear things that if they, if where I come from, I'd be, someone would have said, I'm afraid you're a little too big for that. (laughs) They didn't care. They owned their bodies like nobody's business. And I'm like, 
I, I respected the hell out of them because they didn't think about it. Yeah. They just, they just didn't think they didn't. I thought, wow, I love this. And so all of a sudden I'm like, well, the people that I were around in that environment weren't obsessing about calories. They weren't thinking about anything like that. Yeah. So honestly, it didn't really break the spell because it's always in the back of your, it's something I've grown up with, but for like, I feel like three years, I didn't obsess about it for the first time ever. Yeah. I just lived my life and had a really great time. You had that freedom. Exactly. And it wasn't until we, um, I got out of the service industry, late thirties with got married and went back into teaching school because it was the right thing to do. I'm yeah. like raising two children and we're all on the same schedule, but here it comes again, that structure, that food, that over-exercising, oh, yeah. all of it comes back into, and then it was my early thirties when I'm literally like, think I'm doing it all right. I'm exercising uh -huh. every single day, running, um, eating sardines and cottage cheese and cruciferous vegetables raw. Yeah. And I am still major stomach issues, major, like yeah. miserable and end up in the hospital of 2000. Oh gosh. I don't know. Eight, maybe mother's day Oh, in the emergency room. Okay. First of all, y'all back in the day, I couldn't lose a pound to save my life because I exercised so much. My body just held on to everything. Yeah. Your and body thought what, you were running from a lion. So exactly. it needs to hang on to everything. Exactly. And the food I was eating, I was still doing exactly calorie in and calorie out. Ended up, lost 17 pounds in three days. Oh and I'm gosh. like, okay, something is wrong. I didn't know if I was going to throw up or poop. Did it for three days. Looked at my husband and said, I got to go. Something's oh. really wrong. And honey, I get there. We run all these tests, two colonoscopies later. And they say, IBS. I'm like, well, that is synonymous with WTF. <laughs> I mean, what does that even mean? And I'm like, I literally looked at that doctor and I said, if this is what death was like, if this happens a second time around, I'm going out this time. I'm not going to try to even oh. get through. It was terrible. And, but it was the worst thing. And the best thing that happened because, and my husband who he pretends he's like a commercial roofer selling roofs, but literally that boy is a reader and gets into the white papers of science, deep uh -huh. nutrition and starts researching. And he's like, okay, we're changing your whole diet. We're going to do, and you have to understand I've never eaten fat in my life. Yeah. I bet you were a control freak. Oh, like, oh girl, you have no idea. <laughs> so he says, you're going to change everything and you're going to stop. We're going to start. You're going to, and, and at this time I'm working at, at school with this young 25 year old. And by this time I'm like, I guess 35, I guess. Yeah. 2008, 13, maybe I was in my 32. Okay. She is 25 with stage four um, lymphoma and she's doing the Gerson therapy and it's probably pronounced Gershon, but my Mississippi accent says Gerson, but, <laughs> and she is, so basically she's juicing her vegetables and she's like, eating flaxseed oil and all this crazy stuff. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, who does that? So that I'm juicing. So I, and we happen to live in the same car, apartment complex, teaching okay. at the same school. I start juicing, kind of drinking my vegetables with her. And then I'm all of a sudden introducing fat into my diet, which is for, if you've gone 30 years without any fat and you're trying, it is the most nauseating it's a slow process. Yeah. So I'm trying to change it to where, and I've give, I'm giving up grains, okay. all grains. Yes. Do I immediately feel better? Absolutely. Okay. But do I think I'm cured? So then I go back and I'm like, I'm fine. 
yes. I can fit. Yes. And it happens over. And the thing is about this is the cleaner you get and the more time it's kind of like, I, I don't know this for a fact, because luckily for me, I've never been an alcoholic or had any kind of drug addiction, mm -hmm. but my brother has. And so he is now, so we've talked about this before and sometimes how the, the, the longer you go being really clean uh -huh. and then you eat those foods that are inflammatory to your system, you get sicker. It just, the reaction yeah. makes you really sick. Well, so, life kept trying to teach you the lesson, I guess, exactly, over and over. Exactly. And I'm telling you, giving up beer was terrible. Giving up Mexican was terrible. But then I'm like, hold up, sister. You need a gratitude list. You're <laughs> fine. And if these are such first world problems, and if this is the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. That's true. You need to take a long look in the mirror. Yeah. And it's reading. And so it's, I feel like, and so then I got really like late thirties, I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Oh no. And I'm like, but I was so clean. And like, I thought I was clean in my eating, but I would like, Oh, I'm fine. I can do. Yeah. You know. And when that happened, that's when juicing became a real thing. And the yeah. only way to control the inflammation without any steroids, without doing anything is a look real hard at the things that are creating the stressful situations. In yes. Your life. And Stress in by itself can promote disease. Exactly. And, and to be honest with you, it wasn't my family that was stressful. It was my job. Yeah. It was teaching school because for as a control freak and someone who wants to save the world and someone who thinks they can solve all the problems, mm -hmm. not being able to help these children year after year and change their life and help it, it's depressing. And yeah. I took it very personally as that. What more can I do when I know, when I look back on it, I did what I could and you just yeah. got to shake it off. It is what it is, but it wasn't something, it wasn't, it wasn't healthy for my mental health. At that yeah. Time. It was your perception of exactly. your lack of control. Exactly. Because in reality, none of us have control. None but. of us have control. And once I finally realized, and, that, and it's funny because opening my own business and realizing that I'm so not in control is the most liberating thing ever. I'm like, oh, if I could just have learned this 20 years ago, everything oh, would have gone been wow. fine. But anyway, so that happened. And that's when I got real serious about my diet. And now it's, it's people are like, it's my family. When I you show up with a Yeti cooler to come visit because I bring all my food everywhere I go, they're like, are you still on that diet? No, yes, sort of. <laughs> it's not a diet. It's just a lifestyle. But so I you started it. feeling better. You had oh, a girl. Yes. But I changed everything to where like, I have a, I have a meat farmer and all their cows are pastured, which means they don't ever get any grain. Okay. So everyone assumes because I own a juice store that I'm a vegetarian, no, my, but for my IBS, my stomach can't do the vegetables. So I have to juice everything. Okay. And that's how I get it that way. But I am the queen of a burger patty and some bacon with a green juice on the side. Okay. That is literally my life. Well, do, so did you start buying your juice from somewhere or did you realize there wasn't juice available? So you started making it. Okay. So we were in Atlanta. I would get it, but when Atlanta, and then when we moved to Athens, there was no juice. So I would okay. run to Atlanta every week by what? Yes. $200 worth of juice from Arden's garden when she first opened when, but this was before she got big and was in every grocery store. Okay. And so I would just bring it back. I mean, cause I drink almost a gallon of green juice a day, especially. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you weren't trying to make your own though, like do it cheap. Well, I, I, no, because once I'm teaching school and doing all uh, this, I'm like, okay. I can't do all this. Summertime, yes. Summertime, yes. Okay. So then Journey Juice opened in 2012 in Athens. It was these three guys that 
I mean, they lived out in California. They had a good idea, but juice, um, juice, oh, to me, any endeavor you do as your own, if it's not a personal passion, yes, it's not something that's sustainable. You got to be into so it. true. It's you got to be into it. And they would totally realize that if they were sitting right here, I would say that in front of them and they would yeah. be like, you're right. So after three years, they're like, this is really hard work and we really don't want to do this. And they also, they wanted to go do other things. So sorry, my sweet yard man's right here. <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway, so they closed, but literally I was spending $500 a month in there because to me, that was like my medicine. That was my yeah. food. I mean, had you thought about like when you yeah. were in there, did you look around and think if I owned this, I would do blah, blah, blah. Not one time, oh, not, wow. one time. not one time. But when they closed, literally they closed, say that we knew they were closing in like February of 2012. And by that time I'd already, I mean, 2015, I'd already told my husband, I'm not renewing my contract. I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I'm 40 years old. I've done this for 15 years in back and forth um, with my little three-year hiatus. Um, I can't do this anymore. I said, I can't wow. I what I'm going to do. How did you, um, how did you deal with the, all the questions of like, what am I going to do about retirement? What am like I going to do parents about parents who said, yeah. you're giving up your insurance, your retirement. Yeah. Have you, have you, and, and the thing is, is once I told them I was buying a juice shop and I was like, they're like, have you not been to Kroger? There's, <laughs> <at> Kroger. <laughs> There's orange juice, apple juice, grape exactly juice. Exactly what they said. They still don't get it. Even today, they don't really understand it, but that's fine. But you didn't um, know you were going to do the juice store when you quit. I really did not. And I think the wheels just started turning. And I think it was my husband. My husband has more belief in me than I'll ever have in myself. Oh. His confidence in me is unbelievable. And I remember him looking at me and saying, and I had told him, I was like, I'm just going to go back. Maybe I could like wait tables again. I really love that. Yeah. And the kids are old enough. They don't need me. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's like, whatever you want to do. And then I really don't know how. I just know that all I remember is he, he looked at me and he said, we can buy it. You can do it. And about that time, my brother was coming, um, was out of, was like, we all just had this, like, it was kind of like a, a serendipitous kind of thing. My oldest child, Griffin, had decided he just, school is not for him. So I needed to find, and this is typical Amy right here to like fix everything. He needed something to do quality time in his life, but I needed to be able to keep an eye on him because yes. there was some, you know, things. He was like 18 or 17 or something. Okay. So that was 17. So yeah. Yeah. Cause he's 26. So right. He's actually almost 20. Okay. So Cause he was 26 now and I've had the G shop for six years. So he's like 19. You're right. Okay. okay. So you were like, I, I gotta watch him. I'm out of drug court clean, but needs to be in a very positive environment, whatever. Um, and I'm like, great. I'm going to employ both of you. I'm going to do this. And my littles, my youngest is 14 and she is dying to work. So it's all beautiful. It all starts wow. great. When I, yeah. Wait, did, was the store even for sale? Like, did you drive yes. by? Did you? No. So, well, I knew the owner because I was probably one of his top five biggest people that <laughs> you paid all for the several of their exactly. employees' salaries. <laughs> so, when they were getting ready to close, he was one, we were the one of the first people they told, like, hey, okay. we're going to be closing. Well, honestly, I think husband probably got that started, wheels started turning way sooner than mine. And he knows me very well to be, to know that he has to. He can't just come to me with the idea. He's got to be ready for me to give him five different reasons why it won't work. Okay. And he'll tell me all the reasons why it can. And so he's a he's strategic like that. And so there's he probably talked to them, figured out 
what the money looked, all those yeah. things that to me, he see, my husband sees a forest and I see the veins in the leaves. I cannot okay. get past. So it works, but I can't <laughs> think big picture like that. So anyway, I literally, I, I mean, I'll never forget. It was like, we met with the guy two times and my husband had it all done. And then all I could think about was how we had to clean up the kitchen, how I had to like learn to do this. And that probably saved you though, focusing on the little details and not, if you'd looked at the big picture, you would have been totally overwhelmed. If I, if I had even just known what the work was going to look like, yeah. I probably would have been scared to death. I would not have done it. Cause I'm I mean, guessing you're working more hours than you were as a teacher. Honey, I am, but the stress level is nothing like it was. Cause you're doing what you me. love. I love it. And I mean, the thing is, I'm a good mule. I can, I don't scrub. If you had told me at 45, I was going to be like Cinderella on my hands and knees scrubbing <laughs> a floor and mop, taking out the mop and trash and breaking down boxes for a living. I'd have been like, that sounds terrible. But I also know myself and I'm a movement girl. Yeah. And I, and, but also I get the whole joy of seeing people all the time yeah. and no one comes in my shop that doesn't like leave a little bit lighter because most people that come in, a, are just happy to have their juice or B, they're miserable in their bodies. Yes. And they just want help and they just want to feel a little bit better in their quality of life. And there, there's nothing more fun to me than making someone just feel a little bit better in their skin. Yeah. And you have the, you've got this attitude, yes. you know? Oh yeah. And also sometimes too, like when they walk in and they're like, they think, and I'm like, you just do what we can today. Yes. Just take care of today and tomorrow we'll show up tomorrow. And I feel like if I learned anything in my life, it's today, let's just mm -hmm. chunk today. And when I do interviews and they're like, so what are your goals? I'm like, we don't have goals anymore. <laughs> we are showing up every day. We're making the best out of today. And other than, because I got too focused on that. And now yeah. I just been right here in this moment. Do I plan? Of course. I just mm -hmm. don't over and over I just don't obsess about it like yeah and I'm guessing you didn't have a business plan oh. <laughs> thank goodness for my husband because I promise you when people look at me and think I'm journey juice I'm like no he's really the backbone no, I'm the jewel in the face but he's the one that like knows all the and when I'm like regurgitating to you anything I know about, he has done all the studies and been like, you need to put these three things together because this is really good for blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, that's great. That is fascinating that. that he's into that. Because oh you said God. he's a roofer by trade. He sells commercial roofing. He's a, Oh, he, he sells, sells roofing. Okay. He's into he sales, but that yeah. boy's brain and the way he can understand a white paper, I'm telling you. Like it's big. Y'all have a good partnership. Then. It's a good partnership. And yeah. you're like a bartender for juice. See, I sling <laughs> juice and not whiskey anymore. That's what I do for a living. I just sling juice. Yeah. I squeeze the day. That's what I tell people. That's squeeze true. The day. And it squeeze sounds like the, the people part of it is a huge component for you. Huge. I love it. That fills my bucket. That mm -hmm. fills my bucket. And I'm good at being busy. I like to be busy. I don't do rest well. That's a very four letter word for me. And so... I'm perfect. I mean, I'm a perfect person to have a juice shop and that needs a lot of manual labor and, you know, I'm yeah. Good. 
Good like that. And I try to tell people when they're, when they're stuck, they're like, I'm miserable, but I don't know what I want to do. And I say, okay, well, you don't try to figure out the how, just figure out the what, like, what are you good at? What lights you up? Yes. What do you, are you better when you're really busy? Are you better when you have time to sit and think? Are you, and so I don't think you could have come up with, I will own a juice shop one day, but you knew all these things about yourself. You're passionate about food, about health, about people, about staying busy. Absolutely. And I think that if I had known and said, I'm going to, I, I wasn't very good at the confidence in myself. I didn't really have that enough to think I was, that I could do something like this. Like mm -hmm. I, my confidence has come really from looking back and being like, wow, look what I've done. Yeah. Holy cow. And so I feel like I feel more empowered to be like, so it's made me say I am, and I can do this. Now mm -hmm. I have the confidence to think I can open another shop if I choose to do so. Yeah. It's just, do I really want to, you know, and, and you pulled in your family, you had your son working there, your daughter working there, your brother, <laughs> the whole thing, dysfunctional at the finest. <laughs> the is, we all have good boundaries and the only one left is my son. So it's perfect. Cause everybody else just, they just flew the nest. They grew, but at the time it was the perfect place for us all to land get it together and then get everything ready for everybody to fly and leave the nest. And they have, and Griffin will eventually, um, he will, he will. And I, but he's learning to. so many life skills oh, by working there so much. And he's learning confidence in himself. And mm -hmm. that's the thing, you know, he really is. He's it's, it's been a very positive experience for all of us. Well, back when you were teaching and you told all your teacher friends that you were leaving, and you, then you announced that you were opening it or buying a juice shop. What do you tell me about that time? Okay. Well, they were not surprised. They're like, of course, oh, okay. a, they're like, she's obsessed with eating healthy and she exercises all the time. Of course you're buying a juice store. Yeah. The only, the only that, and my principal, it was really funny because she was so like, really? You okay. And then she just looks at me and she's like, well, if you get tired, just come back, you know, that's and true. You can always go back, you can always go back. It's a nice card in my pocket and I can always go back. So I think that helps me with the anxiety part of like, what if, what if this doesn't work? Well, great. Go back and teach, you know? Yeah. But what if it's like, my husband always says, I'm the big person that says, what if it doesn't? And he says, but what if it does? Oh, I love that. Oh, he's the best. What if no, it does? Like, what if it does? What if it does? So it's, and it's, I've changed, I think too, and I learned this so much about like the gratitude list and how, when you start really focusing on what's not going right to bring it all back into what is going well and stay there. Yeah. Stay there. And I feel like if I can teach, especially like as my 20 year old, who's so quick to think I'm like, but bring it back, just bring it back mm -hmm. to what is going well. And so be, focus on that. And if you can stay in that present moment, then more than likely the rest of that's not going well is going to work itself out or weed itself out. Right. You know? I like how in Usually. yoga that I'll, I'll sometimes hear the teacher say in this moment, in this exact, like this second in time, exactly. you are okay. Everything are is okay. okay. And I yeah. think, yeah, but, but what about, yeah, I do have this thing coming up and, but you're right. If you can just bring it back this bring moment. It back. So much. And I am, a, I'm still a, a student in all that very much so because I do still have the moments where I'm like, I feel very overwhelmed and, and lots of what ifs and lots of unknowns, but I think that's also being human. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just part of being human. And you just have to, like you said, bring it back to that moment. And have grace for yourself when you do have exactly. big screw-ups. Exactly. And no more shooting on yourself. Yes. What you should have done, what it should look like. It's like, this is what it is. And we're moving on. Mm-hmm. We're moving on. Did you, when you first started, did you have a lot of hiccups along the way? A lot of oh, like. Sister, <laughs> we had the hiccups like nobody's business. And some of them, they were really painful. But you know, it's like a good therapy session that you go through for a little bit. You don't ever want to do it again, but Uh wow, it was really beneficial. And you learned a whole lot along the way. I know more about motors, chicken motors. I know more (laughs) about HVAC systems and electrical work. And I know about um, electronic drives that I never thought I would know anything about. Yeah, all the tiny parts of the business, huge parts. parts, Huge parts, but tiny parts. Oh, I had to rebuild the whole electronic drives of the juicer. Um, I had to rewire the whole place. It's been a whole wow. new, I had to learn about coolers and what, why you need the air conditioner to work and how to keep comp- com- clean the compressors of the coolers. There was wow. a lot of moments that I, it was very humbling because you would have a contractor walk in there and, and they would look at me like, mm, I roll because they'd be like, have you cleaned your compressor? And I'm like, I don't even know what a compressor is. <laughs> so how did you but, learn? Well, he would pull it off. And of course the compressor would be covered with (laughs) dust and things like that. So that's why the cooler wasn't cooling as efficiently. And they they look at you like four eyes, but then you just learn to like, great, before I call the, the carters to come back, let me cut, let me check all these things. So they don't give me this look like that was not very smart, but you know, even that, like, and people say all the time, do you feel like as a woman owning a business that it's hard to be like in a man's world? I'm like, I love it. Yeah. Do they look at me sometimes like, oh, she's calling again, but they also know, I think a, they respect me and B just go ahead and get what she wants because if not, she's going to blow up your phone and she's going to drive you crazy until Uh you show up, you know? Yeah. It's just what, so no, I don't feel, I feel love being a woman in business. I Mm -hmm. feel like I kind of have like a step up kind of. Um, Yeah. You've learned perseverance too. You learn perseverance and you just work, work the problem work the problem. And most of the, especially the, you know, the people that I, and they're all guys, it's funny because I don't have any women that are my contractors, but now I feel like they, once we get past that, like eye roll moment of like, that was not very Uh smart. I'm like, teach me, show me what to do, teach me. And that right there opens up a whole new avenue and it's, we're just back to being good humans. And they're, they're great because now I can call and be like, will you show me? I don't really understand what's happening. And they're like, of course, you know, yes. so it's very respectful. And so it's made me really, really like, I love my community already, but it's made me really, um, I have more respect for the, I call them the small people, but I'm talking about like the actual people that make our, our, our whole life run. Yeah. Your air conditioner people, your painters, mm-hmm. your grounds people, behind the scenes people exactly the hidden curriculum the Mm -hmm. real hidden curriculum and I love it I love it so much and it it restores my whole faith in what community really lives and that it it is so there it is so there and I like how you always ask how what can I learn from this and that's something we should all do whether you're a teacher or doctor or a business owner like when you feel like you screwed up and we all feel that way what can I learn from this? What can I learn from this? And the thing is, I can't run my business without all these people's support. Mm-hmm. That yes, they they are they're my they're doing me a favor and I'm paying them to help me, but 
I feel like at this point, there's also, we have a loyalty and they feel they want me to succeed. They want, you know, so I feel, I feel very supported by them. It's not that when I call my electrician, he's like, okay, just doing it. He wants to meant my business to be successful. So so, like willing to help. And, and that, that fills my bucket, Uh that kind of support right there. I mean, family support's fantastic, but when you feel like you have people in your corner, Mm -hmm. then you feel I can do anything. But then Amy, you turn around and fill up other people's buckets. They come into the store and you're like, we need to help you get better. What can I do to help you? Absolutely. And it's like I tell my girls, anytime I hire someone, they're so funny. They say, that's all I have to do. I was like, you got to be a yes. And you got to make everyone that walks in this shop feel better when they walk out. And if that's not your thing, this isn't your place. That's what life's all about. It is. Making people feel better. Kindness um, is so, it so goes a long way. It mm -hmm. so goes a long way. So much. So amazing. And you said you don't really set goals. So so when we talk about your journey, you're not, it sounds like you're not really like a look ahead over the mountain and you're like, I'm going to do this and really not like that right that makes me have a lot of anxiety because as as a look ahead over the mountain I put so much expectation on myself Mm -hmm. of what that should look like that I've learned that I'm just setting myself it's 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 a it's a thief of joy for me so if I can just my if I can make the goal of being present on a daily basis and just showing up in the best way and work mm-hmm. I can that day with what I'm working with. Because some days, you know what? The juicer, my pineapple might explode all over the ceiling. And so <laughs> all these things that I had that were going to be accomplished today, the goal all of a sudden just went to, we're going to just make sure the kitchen is clean properly. Yeah. That's all we got today. That's all that, we got. We all need, I need that lesson. I need the, just be in the moment. Just, it, well, it, it's not, I'm really some. I'm a better coach than a player. I'm struggle busing. It's not always a thing. It's not always a thing. Right. I'm trying. And I think I'm doing, I think the more that I say it out loud and I share it with you and other people Mm -hmm. and my, especially the people that come in that they're like, I just left the doctor. They said I need to lose weight. So I want a three day cleanse. And I'm like, okay, great. That's great. Now let's talk real talk. Yes. Cause you're, because you're not a quick fix. I mean, I you try to tell fix. people this is needs to be a lifestyle thing. Let's just make it sustainable. What, yeah. can, what can you do and get your head around that, that you can do long-term because mm-hmm. it's what you do every single day that is the most important than what you do every once in a while. That's Ooh, what makes, yes. the biggest, that's what makes the biggest change. And it might be a positive change. Mm-hmm. It might be not so positive, but it's how you show up every day and what you do every day that makes the most difference. And so that's what I tell people. I'm like, drink a juice more days of the week than you don't. Yeah. You gotta do. Eat more vegetables than Eat you were vegetables. eating. Absolutely. It, do, you, it doesn't have to, it's not, you didn't get here overnight. And unfortunately, tomorrow's not going to be much different, but you can do something today to set yourself up better for tomorrow. Yeah. And honestly, it's taken years of, you know how it, I feel like my forties, I feel like, wow, if I could have just written a letter to my 20 year old self yes. and said, sister, let, relax your shoulders, settle <laughs> in. <laughs> you won't know all the, you're going to be fine. You're yes. going to be. And that's what I feel like too. And that's why I love hiring 20 year olds, because if I can 
if they can just, just, if I can just help them in any way, see the world in a little more positive, make them make a few better eating habits, then that's winning to me. Yeah. That's, that's so true. And I also think about my future self and I think about making decisions now that my future self will be glad that I made. So even though I may not be that person yet, I think, what would she, she would, you know, want me to make these incremental changes. Absolutely. um, Absolutely. And I tell, when people are like, well, I don't think I can eat like that. I'm like, no, no. It's like when I taught school and I, I taught, um, a lot of children on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you've met one child with autism, you've met one child with autism. That case is very specific. It's very particular and it's its own case. And I feel like that is how the human body is with food nowadays. You have to figure out what works best for you. And it might take you several years to get to that, but it's, it's just what works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for somebody else. I'm just going to share my experience And I'm going to give you a lot of reading material that I read Mm -hmm. that got me to this path, but you got to be willing to put in the work and you got to be willing. You got to love yourself enough to say, I am so worthy that I'm about to really put in the work here and see what can I do to help myself? Yes. And, and it, it, it will vary person to person, but it's just like anything else. We kind of got fast, cheap, and easy here in the last few decades. And unfortunately, Help is not always fast, cheap, and easy. It's so true. Whether it's signing up for a, a fix me mentally course, yep. sign up for a fix me diet, a fix yep. me whatever. Yeah, we all want that. Yeah, but it's doable. It's just chunking, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I go back to third grade. I'm like, you didn't give a child a, a, a page of twenty problems and say do this. You gave them covered up with post-it notes and left two uncovered and said work these two. Oh, that's so good. When you finish those, take that post-it, pick a post-it note anywhere on this page, cover up those two that you just finished and work two more. I love that. Just yes. And we're all just overgrown eight-year-olds. That's all we are. That's so true. Yeah. So anyway, such good life lessons. So I know that people who don't live in Athens will want to try your juice, but it's not being shipped other countries or anything. it's not which is so funny so I can ship it anywhere in the U.S. and that's like federally FDA approved but I couldn't go and put a cooler in right somewhere where, 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 where. but anyway. yeah but so, you can ship it anywhere in the U.S. absolutely and if they're willing to pay shipping costs which is ridiculous I don't really know <laughs> it's so funny because my husband keeps calling juice shops and like ordering juice to figure out how are people shipping it for free any oh trying to get the hack so we can figure it out. But none of it has shown up in like ways that we're like, okay, well, that's not even worth free. Yes. Like not showing up on my doorstep free. And I, so I haven't figured that out and I'm not sure, but you know, those are the kind of things that keep his wheel spinning. Meanwhile, while I'm just cleaning the floor and squeezing veggies, you know, <laughs> but if y'all good. live anywhere around here, you got to go try journey juice. So tell us the address. Yes. Yes, it's 1428 Prince Avenue in Athens, and we deliver locally on Tuesdays and Fridays anywhere in the Athens area, which means, yes, that's Oconee, Bishop, all that, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, and it really lasts seven to 10 days in your fridge. It just likes to stay cold. So mm-hmm. if you don't have a cooler, we have plenty of ice. We'll ice you down so you can get it back. Yeah. And your website oh, is? Is journeyjuice.com and you can email me at amy at journeyjuice.com with any questions. There's no silly questions. 
<laughs> Thank you so nice. much. Oh my God, you're so welcome. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Wasn't Amy amazing? I loved her. Okay, so here's her takes one. Ask yourself if you're living a life you want to live or the life you think you're supposed to live. Are you making decisions based on what you truly want or on what you think others expect of you? Realize it's okay to disappoint people. Two, have the spirit of an eight-year-old. They show up. They're like a big enthusiastic yes. They don't sweat yesterday or today. Number three, squeeze the day. Focus on how you can make the best out of each day. Be a yes. Make everyone feel better when they come in contact with you. Show up in that day and be the best person you can be. Number four, know what fills your bucket. For Amy, it's serving people, being busy, being passionate about food. And lastly, instead of asking yourself, what if it doesn't work? Ask, what if it does work? Likewise, ask yourself what's going well instead of noticing all the things that aren't going well. Thanks again, y'all. Have a great day. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I would also love it if you would leave a review on Apple iTunes. That helps me reach more people. So please do it. And lastly, if you want more of what you heard today, you can go on over to my website at hopethepa.com. And I have created this little amazing free ebook called Your Guide to Hacking the Life Machine. And you can sign up for my weekly newsletter. It has lots of yummy things in it. All right, y'all take care and I will see you next week.